Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 200. 200? This is the 200th episode. I mean, I thought about doing something special for it, but I could not think of what that something special would be. I was gonna bake a cake but I'm not really a cake baker. And I didn't really get farther than what kind of cake should it be? And then, you know, I would have had to like go to the grocery store, which is a little bit treacherous, and find things like flour. <laughs> uh, so um, we do actually have some flour in the apartment, or we did, uh, but I don't think it would have been enough for a cake. Well, it wouldn't be enough for cake and the bread. So there you have it. Uh, there's, so there's no cake, but the thing of it is, it's like, uh, since it's just, uh, I can't give you any cake, even if I made a cake. So the point of the cake is, is what? I don't know. Anyway, I couldn't think of anything to actually celebrate a 200th episode. And I thought, oh no, if I, if I celebrate the 200th episode, then I'm going to have to celebrate the 300th episode and the 400th episode. And it seemed like a lot since there's a lot of episodes. Uh, I feel like at 500, there's definitely going to be cake. Maybe I'll do cake at three. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, I'm sorry there's no cake. I, I, I wish I had made a cake now because I would like to eat it. <laughs> uh, anyway, today's episode is instead of a celebratory 200th episode. Again, I don't know what that would have been. Uh, I think if you do like an interview show, you like do something like you like, oh, we got our big celebrity for the 200th episode. But uh, like all I could do is like write a special blog. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. So uh, uh, anyway, 200. Cool. I, I'm also pleased that I'm running kind of concurrently with the Guilty Feminist podcast. I just listened to an episode, their 200th episode, which was, I guess, uh, I don't know, like last week or something. So I'm like, really, we're just walking right next to each other. It's very nice. Uh, they have like millions of downloads and I have 22. But I'm still pleased because we started around about the same time, actually. Uh, and uh, and I, I think that podcast is great. So I wish them nothing but wellness. And I'm, I'm tickled that we are both at 200. Uh, they were in like some fancy venue. I want to say the Royal Albert Hall or something crazy for their 200th episode. Um, I, 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 that would be a very bad mistake for me. Hey, guys, I rented the Royal Albert Hall. Come on out. Uh, wow, there's three people in the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> hey, Mom. <laughs> Dad. Okay, well, we. Anyway, 200. Uh, so today's actual episode is um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit because uh, of the song. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, they, I've been working on the songs for the subsequent previous, I don't know, blogs. And since they're songs that I don't actually know that I've had to learn, they are not quite in 
uh, prepared. They are not quite ready for the blogcast at this point. Um, I'm learning two new songs, um, and they both have the same issue. It is hilarious. They both have this thing. I don't know what to call it. I'm going to call it a scansion problem. Uh, and I mean them no disrespect, but the the problem is that the accent of the word, of the lyric, of the music, lands in the wrong place. So, try, and by wrong, I mean not in a, a speaking tone. So, for example, and it's happening in two languages. <laughs> I'm learning a, a song in Spanish, a Spanish uh, pop song from Spain. Uh, and even in the, the sort of catchy chorus, there is an intense, like, hitting of the preposition, which nobody does in real life. No, in any, any language, I'm assuming. Um, and if I didn't, like, sp I speak enough Spanish for it to be tricky. Like if I was just learning the song phonetically, I think I, I would be fine. But because I know what it means, sort of, for the most part, uh, it's really hard to like remember to hit the por and the de. Por encima de todas las cosas. Por encima de todas las cosas. I mean, I have to like drill it. So that's why that song's not happening today. Because, I, I, like, I've only gotten that far. <laughs> I haven't even begun to address the verses yet. That's in the chorus. So, whew. anyway, the other song also has the same problem, but in English. Um, and not throughout the whole thing, just in chunks. Anyway, uh, so I'm going to come back to those, is what I'm saying. And today, uh, we're going to jump ahead to uh, kind of a Gen X post this one was weirdly a hit. Um, a, a, a person I don't know saw it on Twitter and retweeted it and then posted it on her like Gen X Facebook page um, where it generated this kind of lovely conversation about New York and uh, Gen Xery and, and whatnot. Uh, and it kind of generated a lot of views on Medium, which was... Yeah, it has never happened to me before. Usually on Medium, so I post everything on WordPress and then I post it on Medium like a few days later. And usually on Medium, I get one to six views. And this one got like 250. So you never know. Anyway, here it is. It is called The World I Imagined When I Was a Teen. I wrote this a few months ago and haven't posted it because so much has been happening and a post about imagining a different world feels so weird in a world absolutely none of us imagined. But maybe it's nice to time travel. Maybe it's nice to pretend we're in the world of a few months ago when this is what I was thinking about. Once upon a time, I dreamed of the world I would inhabit as an adult. I thought I would grow up to be Anne Magnuson or Annie Potts. I thought I would hang out in the cool clubs from Desperately Seeking Susan and be taken to a restaurant that had glass tables where I could watch myself while I was eating. 
The adult world I imagined featured a lot more cool haircuts and funky suits than I ever see in my actual adult life. I've been thinking a lot about the way we create expectations, but also how we create our worlds. The world I imagined no longer exists. It may have only existed in film and TV, and it was created by the adults of the moment. It may have been the underground in the 80s, but that underground is long gone. I find I'm a little disappointed. I live in the very city that used to look so cool in Jonathan Demme or Susan Seidelman's films, but there is nothing here that is as cool as those films. There are so many banks and yogurt shops and hardly any funky thrift shops. You will never stumble upon a crazy cool jacket like Madonna wears in Desperately Seeking Susan. But you can find a dozen high-end cupcake shops. It just strikes me that every generation probably imagines that their adulthood will look like the cool adults in the previous generations. We think we will grow up to live like what we saw in our youth, despite the fact that when you look backwards, the common denominator is change. No one grew up to live in the world they imagined when they were children. No one. The first generation to grow up reading novels probably imagined they'd have a life like the ones in books. But those lives were already in the past by the time they read them. The children growing up reading the first novels likely lived in a world that looked nothing like the one they imagined. Maybe a few decades ago, someone dreamed a future full of banks, and yogurt shops, and so created a New York that reflected that dream. Possibly a yogurt shop and bank New York looks very cool to young people coming up now, and they will be disappointed to arrive here in 10 years' time when yogurt shops are no longer in fashion and there are no more brick-and-mortar bank branches. I suppose the tragedy and gift of the world is that change is so inevitable No one can ever live in the world they imagined when they were young. In so many ways, the world I live in now is far superior to the one I imagined. A South Korean film won Best Picture. And there's so much interesting TV. There's been enormous gains in social justice, though not quite as many as I'd hoped for. And technology is like magic. There's better coffee. An abundant pocket to be had. I bought a pair of glasses for $15. And the Affordable Care Act has made healthcare a possibility for me and many of my artist friends. There are a lot of things that are way better than what I imagined, but some things are worse too. And mostly, a lot less cool. I'm an Anne Magnuson girl in a bank and yogurt world who knows the world is ever in flux and will never be as it was or what we imagine it will be. That's just the deal. I know it, and I still think it's weird. So I found out Everybody Doesn't Know the Song Mirror in the Bathroom uh, by English Beat, The English Beat, also known as The Beat, apparently, in England, which I find hilarious. So in England, they were called the Beat. In America, they were called the English Beat 
And I think they had a different name in Australia. I can't remember what it was, but uh, I found that very funny to me. Uh, Anyway, the song Mirror in the Bathroom, uh, I adore. And uh, turns out a lot of people didn't know it. I don't know. That's the kind of funny thing about uh, how things were popular um, in Gen X time. Because I think as a generation, we had an interest in the obscure um, or the like not a hit, which is why like a song like Blister in the Sun is actually one of the most popular songs, as uh, in, at least among people that I know. Uh, and yet it never charted. It was never on the radio. It was never part of the like machine. Um, and I have a feeling this song is kind of part of that conversation, that sort of side conversation that was happening generationally. Um, you know, there was some top 40 fun, but like there's also this this sort of underground, this uh, this uh, on the side situation. Uh, so you could miss, you know, something that was extremely popular in one circle would be not never even heard in another circle. Uh, so, yeah, I think Mirror in the Bathroom was was not. Um, well, it certainly wasn't like a hit on the radio here. Um but somehow I found it and loved it and imagined a whole world around it that never existed. Sigh. Um, so you might think that I was about to play you Mirror in the Bathroom after all of that, but no. <laughs> I should have perhaps learned Mirror in the Bathroom. I just don't, I feel like, you know, with something that's got that kind of ska vibe, just like me and a guitar or even a ukulele is just not going to fly. I would happily sing Mirror in the Bathroom with a band. Absolutely. No question. How much fun would that be? So much fun. But I'm not doing it here. I'm sorry. I just told you all about Mirror in the Bathroom, and now I'm going to play you something entirely different. But I don't think you'll be sorry. (laughs) I just thought I would explain what I was singing in the middle of the blog. I I can't sing when I write, so I I figured when I read it to you, I could just go ahead and sing the line from here in the bathroom. Um, But the actual song this evening is, uh, or whenever you're listening, it could be morning for you. Anyway, the actual song that I'm going to put here is um, a song that is quite dear to my heart and one I cannot believe I've never played before Uh, because, because of that dearness. Um, and sort of how fundamental and foundational it has been to me. Um, it is uh, Left of Center by Suzanne Vega from the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. And, uh, I, it, you know, it's just it just felt like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and and interestingly, I feel like it is kind of us generationally also it's a uh, we are we are a bit of a left of center um, generation, I think. Even the weirdos who are to the right, <laughs> they're still they're still they're still off the center. They're just over there being weird. Ted Cruz, what? Anyway, <laughs> let's not think about Ted Cruz. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to play it for you in just a minute. Um, a couple other things to tell you before that song uh, happens. Um, one is that the Dragoning has just uploaded its third episode to the donors. 
So donors have access to that just now. I'm like literally uploading this while I'm recording. Um, and uh, it's also now on all the platforms. So finally, after much consternation and emailing, uh, it's up on Apple and Google Podcasts and Pocket Casts and Stitcher and pretty much everywhere. Uh, so if you want to listen to The Dragoning, check it out in those places. Uh, and if you can, even if you haven't listened to it, just click on some stars. It would be great to, to get it out a little bit um, into the world. So uh, that's happening. Uh, and if you'd like to support the podcast, tell someone about it. Do that rate, review, and subscribe in the podcast app that you are in now for this podcast also. That'd be awesome. And uh, you can support me and my work and uh, this podcast by signing up to be a patron on Patreon. I am at patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. Um, and there is also a different kind of mode you can click through to if, you, if you're not into the pay-per-post model. There's the, uh, there's the monthly membership model over there as well. So. So many choices. Also, PayPal, Ko-fi, all the links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening. It is my absolute pleasure to be able to talk at you like this and um, to know that you're listening. So thank you for all of that. And without further ado, I give to you Left of Center. If 
you want me, you can find me left of center, wondering about you. If you want me, you can find me left of center, wondering about you. Wondering.